You may be seated. How are you tonight? Okay? Okay, we had a little unusual thing happen this morning with Tim Fields, with those of you that were here having a seizure, but he is now home, discharged, recovering. So continue to pray for him to be restored 100%. Just wanted you to know that that's where he is. He is home. Listen, I want you to know something. I know I laid it on pretty good this morning. That's just something I felt the Lord would want me to do. But I understand and I know that we serve an awesome, unbelievable, full of mercy, truth, and power, Almighty God. Do you know that? Do you understand that? I want you to understand. Sometimes when the word comes upon strong, you might think, man, what's up with him? No, I understand that our Lord is undeniable, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is everything that I need. The Word of God says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Listen. There hath no temptation taken you. This is what the Word of God says. The Word of God. Remember, no yeah, but gospel. Yeah, but you need to hear my. No, you need to hear this. Okay? I don't need to hear your situation. You need to hear the Word of God. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common. Whatever you're going through... Whatever you stumbled in, whatever the enemy tricked you and you've fallen into, God says, hey, that's common. It's common to man. But God, it says, is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. No matter what I've done, whether I willingly fell into something, or whether I was deceived or tricked by the enemy, whether I stumbled into something, got myself in this unbelievable situation, whether it had nothing to do with me, God says He is well able to deliver me from this situation. This is the God you serve tonight. No matter what we hear out there, no matter what the news says, no matter what we see, what God calls His church, God is able, more than able, to do that which we need Him to do. Amen? Okay, let's look at the Word. Matthew 5, or Mark 5.25 says this, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, some disease, some system uh, thing going on in her system, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Maybe even your situation tonight is growing worse. Maybe even on your way here, you received a text, an email, information, and it's even worse than what you thought. Grew Worse is what the situation is and what this lady, the issue of was she was losing blood, losing blood from her body. And we know that the, a section of Leviticus 17, 14 says this, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. So in other words, she was dying. She was losing blood. She was dying. She was losing life. Satan, listen, he makes sure that we, you and I suffer. He makes sure that this lady was suffering, not only suffering, he didn't back off and say, okay, okay, that's enough, she's suffering, I feel bad for her. No, she was suffering to the point that she spent all her money, totally broke, dying, 12 years of this trial, and it grew worse. Maybe some of you can relate. I don't know. But then the Bible says she heard something. Can you hear something at all tonight? 
in the midst of your situation, in the midst of your circumstance. Look at verse 27 says, when she heard of Jesus. Wasn't another doctor, another prescription, another uh, equation, another one, two, three, four steps to be a better person, eight, nine, ten to be this, try that, do this. It simply says, when she heard of Jesus. You need to ask the Spirit of God even tonight, even now, as you listen to this word, God, please, please, Lord, help me, anoint my ears, let me hear, let me hear the word of God. When she heard, the Bible says, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. And straightway and immediately, that means the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. When she heard, that's all she had to do, just simply hear. Now, I can remember um, my uh, beginning in this thing uh, called the, the Christian walk that it was um, Billy Graham. And it was in this room that we had downstairs, this small family room. And we know that Billy Graham has done the same thing for eons. What is he, like close to 90 now? 88. And he would always have even the same song at the end of every, just as I am. And he would be on, and various times I'd go down there to watch a sporting event, and he'd be on, he'd preempted or whatever, and it would be like, oh, bunk. Until I heard, I heard of something. I heard of Jesus and salvation and hope and victory. I don't have to be that which I am. And the next time I went down there, not knowing he was on, and he and I turned it, and he's speaking all this life inside of me. This is God's truth. I'm thinking, Billy, where you been all my life? When he's done what he's been doing all his life, it was me. I didn't hear And when the woman heard Jesus, she pressed in and touched him. And she was healed. No matter what situation you find yourself into today, all you got to do is hear the Word of God. Hear it. The Word of God produces life. Only Almighty God can give life and instantly stop, instantly stop, 12 years of suffering. Enough. She was healed by the power of God. Luke 13, 11 says this, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Not 12, 18 years. And she was bowed together or bowed together and could no wise lift herself up. She was bowed, stooped over. You've seen probably people like this. And she was like that for 18 years. But if you look at this word uh, bowed or bowed over, it means to stoop or to be completely overcome with no hope. And sometimes we who serve the living God, the almighty God, it seems like the church functions all stooped over and bound up and overcome and overran with no hope. We've got to hear tonight, hear who we serve Open the eyes of our heart, Lord, and understand that we serve a living God, a powerful God, an awesome God. He has the ability to deliver us out of anything that we fall into. We serve an awesome God tonight. No matter what's going on, no matter what news you'll hear tomorrow, no matter what the paper says tomorrow. 
No matter about the next pastor that messes up, the next person that stabs you in the back, the next person who lies to you. We have an awesome God. Eighteen years, this lady was stooped over, completely overcome. And then there's us that just kind of, we fall into these situations and they become overwhelming and they oppress us and depress us. And it happens to the people of God. Psalms 137.1 says this, By the rivers of Babylon, again, the church was taken captivity, the people of God, again, taken into captivity, ripped from their homes, from everything they knew, everything that was uh, convenient and comfortable to them, ripped and thrown into another foreign nation. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. It says, yes, we wept when we remembered Zion. We wept when we remember when we walked in the power and the splendor of Almighty God. We wept when we walked in the glory of God and when we would preach the Word of God would thunder and people would run. We wept when we remembered all that. Here we're now sitting down, weeping, wishing those days were here. And verse 2 says, We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. Giving up. Hanging up their harps. And here comes the enemy. He's not happy with all that. He says, For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song that they wasted us. This is what the enemy will do to you and constantly badger you, attempt to wear you out. Wanting you to throw in the towel, hang up the harp, give up on this all-powerful, all-knowing. Just because you don't feel a goosebump or you don't see something. Wanting you to give up on him who saved your soul. Hung their harps up. For they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth. Saying, sing one of those songs of Zion. And that's what the enemy is attempting to do. Beat down this church. Let me tell you something. I was right in front of Tim. Michael, me, most of the band members, because they were just having a meeting. And Tim was stricken with that seizure. Of course, running around trying to physically try to do something, remember what to do when that happens, and make phone calls and take care of all that. But in the meantime, I'm going, you lousy enemy. You stinking enemy. Right here in the house of God. You piece of garbage. That's what He wants to do to us. Even come in your face and say, now what are you going to do? Oh, we're going to show them what we're going to do. I hope you do it with me or I'll do it myself. The Bible says this. <clears throat> we can fall into these situations. Psalms 55.5 says, Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. But just like the lady with the issue of blood, you have to hear the Word of God. You can find yourself in these situations. You can be overwhelmed. You could have just dried tears on the way to, to come to church because of the overwhelmness. And now this, and now that. But I'm telling you tonight, the Bible says, and when Jesus saw her, the person that was bowed over. When Jesus saw the church broken down, haggard, stooped over, in bondage. What's it say? It says He called her to Him. God is calling us tonight to Him. Don't run 
and try to put on your best garb, your best mask, just come to Him. Whether you're all stooped, whether you're bowed over, whether you're limping, just come to God tonight in any way that you can. It says that when Jesus saw her, He called her to Him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. And she was loosed. This is the kind of God we serve. This is the Lord of the Bible. This is the God that is still over the circumference of the world. This is the God that the clouds you saw today were the dust from His feet. Almighty can do or undo anything and everything the enemy has done to you. Absolutely. Or you can let it beat you down. Because that's what He wants to do. Beat you down, steal your praise and your worship and your faith and your hope in Him and you become hopeless. And you hang your harp up and do nothing for God. Psalm 61.2 tells us, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. whole bunch of things going on in everybody's life, including mine. <clears throat> and then there's poor Tim, whom I love. It's almost like I couldn't handle it, couldn't t- take it. After we finally got him out, and was, I almost couldn't stop crying for what I saw and what he went through because I love him. And then Mike started that song. I don't even remember the name of it, but it's the song that goes, Here I am, worshiping you. And I couldn't even get the words out, but be- simply because I lifted my arms and said, God, here, here I am, here I am. God lifted me up out of that situation that I could not. That I could not. And so that I could at least present the Word of God to His people who come, who came. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You can become overwhelmed and overcome in situation. But God is like, no problem. I can take you out of that situation at any time. It will not overwhelm you, will not overcome, and I will give you a way of escape. Look. This is what God is saying. Psalms 27, 5 says, For in time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. An absolute rock. God will do this. And doing it. The sad thing is a lot of times we don't even recognize it. I was, we were singing that one song and I was thinking, what are you going to do in the presence of God? And I wasn't thinking... I'm going to ask him, where were you? I'm, I w- I'm thinking, you know what I'm going to do? If I'm able to do anything, I'm going to weep. That's it. Just weep in the presence of Almighty God. Weep because He's so awesome and beautiful. Weep because I made it. Weep because I didn't believe Him lots of times. Weep because I doubted. We serve an awesome God. The enemy is crowding us. The enemy is trying to come and deceive the church with false doctrine, horrible doctrine that people are biting on and leaving the true camp of God, left and right. That is true. The world is getting worse and worse because that's what the Bible says. Men's heart failing them for they see what's coming. Waxing, getting colder. The enemy is surrounding us and surrounding us. Second Kings 6.8 You remember what I said in the beginning. This is common. 
This is not, oh man, this is the worst that's ever been. This is common. Common. Second Kings 6.8 says this, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the men of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware, thou that passest not such a place, for thither the Syrians are coming down. So what's going on is the enemy is planting a scheme, planning an unbelievable scheme to wipe out the people of God. Elisha, the prophet, is hearing from God. And he's warning the people of God. Be careful, such and such. Maybe he's like a preacher, like this morning. Warning. Men are signs. There's something wrong. And so, this is what's going on right here. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once nor twice. So apparently a bunch of times the enemy has tried to do this scheme and take out this person, but he was warned and he obeyed the warning and saved his life. Therefore, the heart of the enemy, the king of Syria, was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? He said, there's a no good spy in my camp. Who's telling him? We make these plans. We move our army. It's perfect. We're ready. And he's not there. Who's telling him? Is what's going on. The king of Syria is hot now. And one of his servants said, none, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. So if he's making the most diabolical plans in his bedchamber with his captains and his kings of his armies, God's there. And God drops it in the heart of Elisha and says, warn those people not to be there. Just like he warned Joseph in a dream, get up and get out. And that's what's going on. Just like you and I are supposed to be the people warning, reaching the lost and saving them. And the enemy comes and he looks at his hordes of imps and devils and demons and and wants to know if he has so-and-so. And he'll say, no, he gave his heart to God. And so they're going to go in a rage. Who did that? Who did that? And maybe it's one of you and one of us. And, and they'll say, no, no. It's that church called New Hope. They're reaching out into the youth and into the things and they're visiting the hospitals and jails and they're that which we thought we had. We don't anymore. And so the king or the devil gets enraged with us. Just like the king did in verse 13. And he says, go and spy where he is. Check out where is Elisha? I want to know that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him saying, behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses, chariots, and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. You know this story, but sometimes it's a little bit more real when it's us and things are going on constantly. The enemy coming in from the north and the south and the east and the west and the, and the vice is on. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a a host, a compass to city, both with horses and chariots. It's like impossible for our nation. Impossible. No matter who you elect, what you do, 
It's almost even more impossible, it seems, for the church to rise up to be what it's supposed to be. And you look around and, and the enemy got more hosts, more horses and chariots, high-tech equipment, everything to rob us of our kids. And you go, alas, what are we going to do? Are you ready to hear? Even though you know the story. Maybe you taught it in junior church this morning. Maybe you're planning to teach it tomorrow. But, but did you hear? Do you hear the word? And Elisha answered and said, Fear not. Uh, his assistant had to use the Yabbat gospel on him. Yabbat. He goes, Fear not. Yabbat. Can you see? Yabbat, look. Yabbat. Yeah. Look at our chariot. Look at theirs. Can you hear tonight? Elisha, outnumbered, said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Do you understand? One third of the enemy army is fallen angels. One third of them can be surrounded us, being the church. And we lose sight of the fact there's two thirds that are surrounding them. As they surround us. Because the enemy wants to beat us into submission. That you hang your harp up. And give up. And forget how powerful and awesome your God is. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee open his eyes that he may see. I pray that God opens your eyes tonight. That you may see. That which is going on with the church and with the world. Is preordained by Almighty God. And God chose you and I. To be in this last day situation. You and I. Can you hear the Word of God? Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against? What is CNN to God? What is the White House to God? What is Iran to God? What, what, what are they, all the nations? A drop in the bucket. To God. And so we, we need to get back and understand and see and hear what God is. Second Chronicles 32 8 says, With him is an army of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Are you hearing the word of God? Are you pulling that little head that bobbles in the backseat of cars years ago? But we don't hear. Isaiah 54 17 says this, No Weapon that is formed against us, against thee, shall prosper. It does not say that the weapons will not be formed. It does not say that the weapons will not be formed and the enemy will not be in it. It doesn't say that the weapons will not be formed and the enemy will not be in it and turning his guns towards you. It doesn't say anything like that. You're going to see them. You're going to smell them. You're going to smell the gun smoke. You're going to hear the tanks, the chains and everything. And God says, it's not going to prosper. You're going to go, God, or them. God, or them. God, are you hearing the Word of God? Weapons means artillery and big guns. Big guns. When obedient, please listen. When obedient, we are invincible. When obedient. We end up in trouble when we're disobedient. We end up in trouble. God says, here's a plan. i got a plan for you. Listen to my voice when I tell you, do it. Go right! We go left and we end up in trouble. And God says, I told you to go right. 
When we are obedient, we are invincible as the people of God. You're not going to sit in a hammock and eat cherries all the time and everything's wonderful, but you'll be invincible. You'll be victorious. You will defeat the enemy. Deuteronomy 11.25. These are the word of God for you. This is for you. There shall no man be able to stand before you. None whatsoever. None. Yeah, but they just passed that law last week. The Bible says they just overturned that thing in California. The Bible says no man shall be able to stand before you. Deuteronomy 28, 7 says, The Lord shall cause thy enemy that rise up against thee. You see, they are going to rise up against thee. To be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before these seven ways. When I was walking into the church, I was thinking, you lousy enemy. And I walked through the sanctuary with someone and I said, wouldn't it be cool if we could just grab the enemy and spit in his eye? And they were going, yeah, yeah. And I thought, we're going to. We are going to. We are going to have our victory with God. Joshua 1.5 says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. I'm still on my way to heaven. Been through a lot. Have a lot of uh, body scars and battles and wounds and broken hearts. But I'm still on my way to heaven. The enemy hasn't won. I'm still on my way. In fact, I'm getting a lot closer. Seriously, I mean, I am getting closer. Joshua 21:44 says, The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hands. Almighty God can do, undo everything that the enemy has done unto you. Everything. You've just got to hear the Word of God. Now listen, because we are not this. We are by faith. We are according to God, but not in our sight. Deuteronomy 28.13 simply says, And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. You're not the loser. Tails, you lose. Tails, you lose. God said, I'm the head. He will make us the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, if you're obedient. If you're obedient, no matter what you're in, heads, way to go, God. No matter what you're in, no matter how bad, financial, emotional, heads. Joseph and Tiffany were doing some bath, uh, kitchen, kitchen remodeling, some old, getting rid of some old stuff, the house that they bought maybe close to a year ago. He goes, Dad, I'm going to get a stainless steel sink. You're going to drop $280. That's what you want. Go get it. Went and bought the sink and then saying they're going to buy the knobs for the all the cabinets. Who's bought knobs for cabinets? Man, them bad boys are expensive. Saying we need 30. I was saying, you're going to drop $90. $3 a knob. So, of course, they want to call us over. They're showing us their stainless steel sink, which was a bit over $100. And... So I said, how much do those knobs cost you? So they got 30 knobs. Was it $5? $5. 30 knobs. They just happened to be in this cell bin. They were $279 each. And they were packed in six or something. For, I forget for how much, but all they needed was $5.
What's the big deal with God and the economy? Six million people in the desert, not working. Unemployment is 100%. No jobs on the horizon. What's the big deal? Man, there's no way we're going to win. We're going to lose. We're all going to die. Heads! That's God. That's what He does. And yet we fret and worry all the time and walk around defeated, not alone. Our harp's still hanging up. And yet God still comes through over and over and over. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do something tonight. I really am. I'm wondering if you would sing with me tonight. We'll have Michael maybe come a little, little later after this one song. But if you wouldn't mind, here in a minute, I'm going to ask you to come forward, stand here, and sing with me about how great our God is. And I didn't get this idea until I had to run over and pencil it down. Because here's, here's how it came. Two, three nights ago, I don't, I can't remember. And I turned on the old station. And it was Casablanca. Who, who's ever seen Casablanca? Come on, you be honest. It's all right. Okay. It's a classic, so I don't know where the rest of the 80% of you are. There's no cussing, no sex, and it's great. Even though the main guy owns a bar. It's in the time of the war. The enemy has come in and taken control of their nation. The Nazis have come in to this guy's business. And they're rolling. They're in charge of everything. They have the police in their pocket. they got everything in their pocket. They, they roll with the arm. And so the place is filled with the enemy and filled with the Frenchmen. Because it's their nation. And somewhere along the way, the enemy gets up and goes to the harp players, the band, and says, play our German national anthem. And they stand up in their uniforms. And, and I don't know about you, but I always thought the, the Nazis, the Germans, had sharp, tough, bad-looking uniforms. And they're singing. Their <clears throat> and one Frenchman stood up and started singing the French national anthem. Do you remember the song? you remember it? And then another one. And in the face of the enemy, and another one. And the Germans started singing louder. And then the Frenchmen started, all of them started singing, singing. They were oppressed. It wasn't a military victory. The Germans didn't get up and leave. But they outsang them for that moment. They spit in their eye and they drowned them out. And they got mad and left. You got the enemy crowding you, saying his garbage to you and his filth to you. This is a moment for you to come down here and drown him out and sing by faith how great thou art. Let's stand. Patrick, you can start killing the lights. This is not a pep rally. I'm telling you, I'm upset at the enemy. What he did this morning and what he continues to do to our families and how he rips through them with divorce and lies and steals people that we love and they bite on lies. And we can't get him back. And the enemy keeps singing his garbage to me. And tonight we can stand by faith in our God. We're going to sing how great thou art. You play it.